Alyssa, do you enjoy not getting gifts, but gifting gifts? I only like gifting gifts if I feel I've done a good job. So you you don't like, because you don't want to give. If you're talking in the sense of like, you know how there's like the love languages, like is giving gifts one of my love languages? And the answer would be no, I would say. Or not uh, not high up on my list of things. Like for instance, for our parents, they both love giving gifts, especially yeah. our mom. JT will gift you. She still makes Easter baskets for us because she loves doing things like that and loves giving us stuff. Yeah. So k- kind of, it depends. If I if I feel like somebody like enjoys the things I give them and like will want to use it and use it, then I do like it, but it's a lot of pressure. Mhm. Especially when the person buys things off their list that they've already <laughs> told you. Like I remember one year for Christmas, my mom birthday and Christmas are a couple days apart so we have to get her like double gifts basically she had given us a bunch of ideas several like a list and I was like perfect we're set within like a week she purchased three different things for herself herself that she had told us she wanted for birthday or Christmas yeah Hannah and I were like in college and we're like oh we should get her an an ornament for like a Michigan State Christmas ornament because she loves collecting ornaments And she came to pick us up one weekend in, like, it was, like, in November, maybe. Maybe it was for Thanksgiving. She was like, oh, look, I bought myself a new ornament. We're like, no. (laughs) We were going to do that. Yep. And then she, like, wanted this, like, a new wallet. And she bought herself a new wallet, too. And we were like, no. And slippers. And it was just endless. It was like she just would not stop. And we're like, I will not get you anything if you keep buying this stuff for yourself. Yeah, we made a new rule for her, like, within the, like, month leading up to those events, mm-hmm. we told her she can't, like, buy anything for herself, yes. basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Unless she checks it with me first. She has to tell me what she's gonna buy. Okay. Like, I remember, like, two years ago, she came to me and she was like, well, are you gonna buy this for me? And I was like, well, I don't want to tell you, but go ahead and buy it, because I was not planning yeah. on buying it. You're like, fine, But I'm like, sure. just wait till after Christmas, and then if you don't get it, you can buy it. Yeah, and then you can buy it for yourself. Right. She's, like, I feel like she's relatively easy, but also hard to shop for because she has a lot of different, like, interests and things that we can purchase items for. Mm-hmm. But also, sometimes I feel like... I feel like she can be very particular. Right. About those things. Like, for right. instance, with co- she's been on a coffee kick for since pretty much the pandemic started. But I feel like certain things with coffee, like, she wouldn't like. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean... This year, for Mother's Day, we thought she had been talking about, we had just done like a seafood boil for Easter, mm-hmm. and she had been talking about wanting a big stock pot. And I was like, oh, that's simple to buy. Yeah. I go online, it turns out there's like a hundred different sizes of stock pots. And I was like, mm, 20, 24 quarts seems pretty good, right? And I was set on that number, and I was about to tell Lissa, sent her the link, she was going to order it. And then I pulled up a picture of a 24-quart stockpot next to a full-grown man. It went up to his knees. <laughs> Imagine um, the pot that Kevin brings his chili into the office in. It's essentially that big. Like a right. humongous, like, cookout, tailgate-style pot. And I'm like, where is she going to store this one? Nowhere. She's not going to fit it. And then she goes, the other day she was talking to me, and she goes... Yeah, just, like, double the size would have been amazing. And so I look at the size we used. It was six quarts. So oh. I was like, oh, it's only 12 quarts is what she wants, basically. So you like, perfect. Excellent. I was like, I almost got double. And then I looked it up, and it was like, most industrial kitchens use 20 to 24. <laughs> most residential homes yeah. do not have this size. For, for people who are making massive, like... Stews and soups. Yeah. yeah. So I almost just purchased her, like, a couple feet tall stockpot. Yes. Not the move. Yeah, it's not. Hey, Hannah, do you have any plans to get your ears pierced this year? Oh, shit. <sighs> <laughs> I did finally... This is not me in a salty manner. You just brought up the topic of uh, being people being hard to get gifts for. I had my ears pierced a while back. They got infected. I had to close them up years and years and years ago. And I mentioned to Alyssa that I wanted to get my ears pierced. So her being so kind bought me a pair of earrings two years ago? No, it was when you graduated college. Oh, so four years ago? No, wait. Yeah, 
four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. I got you like a nicer pair of earrings as a graduate part as part of your graduation gift from college. You know what's funny is I think you've worn them. I have. And I have not. <laughs> I borrowed them for like a holiday party or something. They're in your room somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did return them. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to do such a good job because this is something she wants. And then, I mean, to be fair, COVID did happen. Yeah. Somewhere in there, although it was not directly following you graduating college. Yeah. But, you know, things happen. I, uh, it's funny because I, I found a list on my phone uh, a couple weeks ago of things, like a to-do list. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I had done on that to-do list, it was from a year ago, was got a new iPhone. Basically because I had to. No, you were putting that off for like months. Yeah. You kept being like, I need to get a new phone. And I'm like, do it. And then, and then I, I come home did. and you're like, yeah, I need to get a new phone. And I'm like. Yeah, it's it's on the list. I'll do it this summer. I have a place picked out to go to. If you want to go, I want to get my cartilage repierced. Oh, okay. Long story short, Hannah vows, no, promises she will get her ears pierced this year in the summer at some point. If I don't get my ears pierced by the end of August, I will. What will I do? I don't know. What will you do? Hmm. I got to be careful what I say because yeah. I'm a horrible procrastinator and I'll I'm probably a, I'm gonna not write it do down it. right now. Okay. If I do not get my ears pierced by August, 31st? August 31st. I will. I absolutely hate this. I will do a slam poetry reading for the podcast that must be 10 minutes long. You know how much I hate slam poetry. Yeah. And we will record it. (laughs) Yes. Of of course. Of course it will be recorded. And I will all snap. Yes. It'll be like that scene from uh, Extremely Goofy Movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. There, we have a it. Real, a real snap train. Okay, excellent. It's written down. It's recorded on camera. All right, cool. To procrastination and facing fears. Edmund Fitzgerald. If the Edmund Fitzgerald copyright strikes us, I'd be okay with that, to be honest. I would love that. (laughs) How did your podcast fail? We were copyright stricken by the Edmund Fitzgerald. Gordon Lightfoot sent sent us a cease and desist. (laughs) I'm totally okay with it. Uh, Welcome. This is Research Rank Repeat. I'm one of your co-hosts, Alyssa. And this is co-captain host, Hannah. And we have uh, anchors away this week as we are sticking close to home. <laughs> anchors. Yes, we are ranking one of the beauties of our state of Michigan. Truly pure Michigan, unless you were in the 70s, in which case it was a toxic wasteland. <laughs> Before the EPA, as we discussed in our Earth Day episode, um, you know, Environmental Protection Agency Clean Water Act, there were some issues. What? (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) What are you doing? Um, I take I took a last sip of coffee and I just got all the grounds in my mouth and I just bend back into my cup. I'm so sorry if you have to watch that recording back. Yeah, great. This was a suggestion brought up by um a previous co-host of the podcast Esbury oh ah. like hey you should rank the Great Lakes and I was like you know what excellent I'm gonna steal that and do that right now I was like you know what Hannah's about ready to finish her finals week 
of classes mm-hmm. and we're gearing up for a, a, a lovely hiatus that's going to be coming up. Yeah. So we kind of just got to fill like four weeks with some things and we have a few things and one of the things is taking an incredibly long time because of me and my limitations and I'm not even joking when I say I had to watch an hour and a half long video yesterday to understand some of the, the lore of things that I had forgotten about this subject. Essentially, we just needed something um, nice, close to home. Homes, one might say. <laughs> the Great Lakes. Now, as children, Hannah, I'd say you learn about the Great Lakes in every subject of school. Every yes. year. In some facet. It was always incorporated into pretty much every lesson. As you heard at the beginning, we played the song The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgeralds, which we had to learn the lyrics to in fourth grade. And the song is six minutes long. Yeah. Six minute long song about a shipwreck in Lake Superior. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I can see if any of us drew any of the lakes for our picture book. Oh, oh, I think I did. I think I probably did. Yeah, for our ABCs of Michigan books. But we also had to learn a song called Homes in the um, tune of Old MacDonald Had a Farm, I think. Yeah. H-O-M-E-S, H-O-M-E-S, H-O-M-E-S. And that's to teach you an acronym to learn the Great Lakes, as there are five. Super hard to learn their names. Do you want me to go through them? <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to cover them because I'm, I'm going to cover the namesake, like where the names come from. Um, but if you have any any thoughts before I go into some background. I just, I was thinking about learning that stuff in school and I realized, like, I don't know if every state's like this, but how much, like, pride Michigan takes in all of its, like, history and oh, its yeah. geography. And I get, I understand why, because it's pretty cool that we're, like, just surrounded by lakes also, being the only state in the United States that's composed of two peninsulas, that's pretty right. Unique, as we are surrounded by water. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like Michigan has a lot of pride, and like certainly as kids, it was like I mean, we made an ABC books about Michigan, like about different things about Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Great Lakes. We've spent time on some of them. Uh, we grew up going to them. We've taken a lot of vacations to them. So it's mm-hmm. kind of just something that's always been like ingrained in you know, our lives. And it's always interesting. Like, I watch Jeopardy and stuff once in a while. And like, when I see people get questions wrong about like, is this one of the Great Lakes? And you're like, oh, how would you not know that? But I was like, we also just grew up like in school, like, as like a 12, 10, 12 year old, just like learning about the Great Lakes. So right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say. All right. There is so much background on the Great Lakes in general. Um, I just try to keep it more generalized and not go into super specific things. The Great Lakes, also known as the Great Lakes of North America or the Laurentian Great Lakes. So they are a series of freshwater lakes that are interconnected with, quote, sea-like qualities. So they connect to the Atlantic Ocean via the St. Lawrence River. Although I feel like growing up, it was always referred to as the St. Lawrence Seaway. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of an interchangeable name. Um, it also falls on and near the border between the United States and Canada, and it acts as like a natural border between the two countries. It is a 750 mile long um, in total from Western to all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. The border between the two countries along this stretch is not um, guarded by any bases or any naval, like, ships or anything like that. They have pretty, like, open channels between the two. What two countries are you referring to? Just for... Canada and the United okay. States. Just for, like... I already had said that. Oh, I missed it. I'm still still on the same... Still I'm talking about the border. Yeah. Nowhere in the water is it, like, this line is Canada or this line is the United States. So, technically, you could drive your boat into, like... Canada technically like clearly if I drove my boat over to Canada and tried to like land in Canada there'd probably be some problems there but if I'm just like you know boating around there's not like a Mountie's not gonna you know boat up next to me and be like where's your passport with this horse on a speedboat exactly exactly sorry Canada (laughs) so in the United States however the Great Lakes border 
Eight states. Hannah, do you think you could name the eight states at the Great Lakes border? Obviously Michigan. Yes. Um, Ohio. Mm-hmm. New York. Yes. Pennsylvania. Yep. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Superior. Yeah. Got but two I have more. Two more? Two more. Uh, does it touch? Oh, Illinois. I was going to say Chicago, right yep. on the lake. Right yeah. on Lake Michigan. That's mm-hmm. seven. One more. Uh, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? New York. I don't know. <laughs> why don't Why don't I know? Hannah. It's so obvious. It's very obvious. Just drive along the lakes. Think about your okay. how you drive. Okay. So when you go, when you drive to Lake Michigan, it touches Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana. No, Indiana's like not touching, I don't think. I think Indiana's like not connected to any of them. Let me just, let me ask you a question, Hannah. When you drive to Chicago, how many states do you pass through? Michigan, Indiana. Oh, so Indiana does touch it. So if you're driving through Indiana to get to Chicago... That you have to... It has to be touching Lake Michigan. It has Michigan. to be touching Lake okay. Michigan. Okay, yes. okay. Indiana. So it is Indiana, yes. I thought it was a trick. I thought that was a trick. It's not... It, it's a very small border. Yeah, you're not wrong about it being not a lot of land, but... but you'd have to... Okay. You have to... There's a little bit... I understand. Yeah, okay. A little bit in there. Well, I got him. <laughs> you did it. With some help. All eight. You got there. Technically... In a hydrological sense, hydrologically, there are only four Great Lakes because Lake Michigan and Huron are technically connected at the Straits of Mackinac, or as people not from Michigan would call it, the Straits of Mackinac, which is incorrect, and you need to learn how to speak correctly. As I feel like when I try to use the (laughs) GPS, where they're like, Dequindre, and, like, you know, like, any, like, French word, any indigenous word, it's just, like, oh, It bothers me, Hannah. I'm sorry, but you saying you need to learn how to speak correctly when I have to edit out five-minute bloopers of you every single episode is golden. Yeah, but I, you know what I can say correctly, Hannah? Mackinac. Mackinac. And that's all that really matters right now. That's all that counts. Let us go through now and run through the Great Lakes. I'm going to do them in order of the westernmost to the easternmost. The first being superior, furthest west. It borders um, Minnesota, Upper Peninsula, I think a little bit of Wisconsin. Then we have Michigan, which is to the left of the lower peninsula of Michigan, in between Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, a little bit in there. Then we have Huron, which is on the top and the right side of Michigan, the lower peninsula, borders Canada, uh, Michigan, Ohio, then from there, we have Erie. And then from there, we have Lake Superior. No, Erie and Ontario. Oh, my God. Erie. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Erie and Ontario. Did I say Superior when I meant to say Ontario? Yeah, you said Erie and Superior. Okay. After, after Huron, we have Lake Erie. And then after Lake Erie, we have Lake Ontario. And that Niagara Falls falls between Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Excellent. Okay, now let's go through what each name means. Where does the name come from? How are these lakes named? We have Lake Huron. Huron is a word derived from the Wyandot, Iroquois indigenous um, people. Huron, the word itself, is named by the French. The uh, Wyandot's name for... Lake Huron was originally Karaganodi, or um, I don't know what I just wrote there. I can't read that. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> That's embarrassing. OG, oh, OG name. That's what I wrote, is the OG name. That's what it was originally known as before the French came and said, hey, this is what we're going to call it now. So um, the Wyandotte were, yeah, were also known as the Hurons, um, is what the French called them. So when French explorers came, they found them there and they were like, oh, you're the Hurons. So it had a different name previously. Ontario is um, derived from the the same Wyandotte, their word, Ontario. 
Um, the spelling is essentially very similar, but it has some different inflections, so I probably pronounced that incorrectly. But it translates to Lake of Shining Waters. The word Michigan is same as the state, um, comes from the Ojibwe word Michigami, um, which means great water, large lake. Erie comes from the Erie tribe. They were uh, indigenous um, Iroquoian. And so the Iroquoian word is Erielhonen, um, which means long tail. So it's a, it's a shortened version of that word. So superior is where things get interesting. So, superior is the English translation of the French lac superior, which means upper lake. And that is derived from the Ojibwa word gichirgame, or gichigami, as known, uh, is more popularized by Gordon Lightfoot in The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, amongst other things. So those are where the names come from. Generally, most of the words come from the indigenous people and tribes that lived in that area when the Europeans were coming in and being like, hey, we want this land now, so give it to us. Okay, thanks. So I guess, in a way, it's homage to the people who lived here. So that's something. <laughs> something small, but it's something. It's something, but really not. But really not, yeah. Really so. not. I'm sorry on behalf of my ancestors. Uh, the Great Lakes are the largest group of freshwater lakes on Earth by area. Um, and they are the second largest by volume. So in area, they are 94,250 square miles in terms of surface area. And in volume, they compose of 21% of the world's freshwater is, by volume is found in the Great Lakes. However, the largest lake by volume is Lake Baikal, is composed of 22 to 23% of the world's freshwater, and that is found in the country known as Russia. Why inland seas? So the Great Lakes are commonly referred to as inland seas. Um, some of that is because there are incredibly rough waves, extreme currents, like really, really large depths, like the actual lakes are super deep, and they have really unpredictable weather. So it's caused a lot of people to see them as um, having similar qualities to oceans. So they are known as like inland seas because they can be extremely aggressive, as the Edmund Fitzgerald would know. Yes, of course. Either superior alone or the combination of Michigan and Huron are known as the second largest lake in the world because those two areas are very, very similar. But it is the largest freshwater lake in the world. Lake Michigan is the largest lake that is found within one country. So that's a nice little, you know, whoa. Love that. So let's get into the history. How were the Great Lakes formed? Using scientific uh, knowledge and data that we have looking at rocks and shit, it's predicted that most of the lakes were fully formed around 7,000 to 32,000 years ago. So, during the Pleistocene epoch, about a million years ago, we started what was known as glacier movements. So we had these fucking massive glaciers, huge, huge tracts of land, you know, just big chunks of ice. And they started to shift and move, and as they moved, scraped the earth. So, the actual physical lakes themselves are believed to have been, like, formed with, with the actual lake water during the Wisconsin Glacial Stage, which occurred about 14,000 years ago. So, essentially what happened is there was a massive ice sheet dispersion, where this big sheet of ice dispersed and uh, melted, which created a bunch of water. Because this heavy weight of the ice is no longer crushing the land down, this caused some of the land to rise. And while some of the land was rising, the already existing, like, glacial, like, scooping out the land caused the water to rise in the basin as the land is rising and the water is filling these basins. It's known as uplift. Every 100 years, the ground rises one foot is what we roughly see. So it's still going on. Still going. 2022. Let's talk about 
lake effect. So there, because the Great Lakes are so fucking large and huge, it can cause this thing known as lake effect snow. So what happens is these lakes are so massive that they cannot freeze all the way. So what you get are these pockets of like warm air on the lake that when wind is coming across from, you know, windy city Chicago, blowing the air across the lake, it hits these warm pockets of air, brings the warm air over to the land, and then that moisture creates, creates like huge pockets of these really heavy snowfall that are caused by lake effect, uh, which we have experienced. So let's talk about some ecology. So historically, surrounding the Great Lakes were um, areas of large forest and forest ecosystems. However, when these explorers and these Frenchmen come in and they say, we want these fucking trees, you have extensive logging, extensive agriculture, and urbanization as all these people are flooding in. And they say, I want some of this water and these beavers myself, you know? This, these trappings, these logs. So it changed the dynamics of, of the ecosystem. Lake Superior is about like 90% forest cover surrounding the lake, whereas something like Erie, it's like 20%. So it just depends like where you're at and which lake, um, you know, how much urbanization has occurred. Some of these forests are surrounding these lakes are in their second or third growth stages, which is essentially what happens is when people just like fucking cut down every fucking tree, you have to let trees regrow, they're in like these stages of growth. So some of these like forests have already gone through like two or three stages of growth. On a more sad note, there are at least 13 wildlife species that have gone extinct due to European trapping and colonization and urbanization and deforestation that occurred along the Great Lakes. Um, beavers, I know, were specifically almost wiped from existence because so many people were trapping them for their pelts and their beaver hats, you know? Fucking beaver hats. I know, right? Fishing is also, was a huge market and it still is a large marketing as well. So in the 1800s, there were documented over 150 species of fish in the Great Lakes, which is a huge diverse ecosystem for like a lake, especially like a freshwater lake. And in 1889, it was documented that over 147 million pounds of fish were caught in one year, which is insane. That's insane. It's a lot of fish. So overfishing has been an issue in the past. Um, it can still be an issue now, but there are many, many regulations put in place that limit the amount of fishing that people can do. One of the other things that's a problem is invasive species. So because the Great Lakes, as I will talk about a little later, are a big like shipping industry, freight industry, in industry, industry, I can speak. I believe in myself. One of the biggest um, invasive species in the Great Lakes are zebra mussels. They are nasty. Basically, they sit on the floor and like disrupt the natural ecosystem. It's um, estimated that the economic impact over the next decade of money lost due to zebra mussels are somewhere along the lines of $5 billion dollars which is a lot of money. Yeah, that's insane. Also, just of note, another invasive species is a lamprey, which is essentially a parasitic, like, it's like a giant worm. It has this, like, suction mouth, so it just, like, suctions onto fish and just, like, steals their soul. I got to dissect one in class. Um, they look as gross as they sound. Yeah. We don't want them in our waters. No, we don't. Another issue that I kind of talked about earlier was pollution. And one of the agreements made specifically regarding the Great Lakes was the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement, which was established between the United States and Canada um, to help promote water quality and health. More recently, we don't want prevent Nestle from stealing all our fresh water. That's true. Because the bottle, uh, Nestle and all those water companies, Aquafina, they're, they're trying to, you know, steal our water. We love that. <laughs> we, we truly love that. Um, particularly Lake Erie was especially nasty um, in the past. It had a lot of raw sewage and other chemicals coming in from industrial areas, specifically like Detroit and areas in New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, it has recovered quite substantially. I mean, always on the watch for more issues because, you know, there's like algae is, is one of the 
I think biggest concerns um, due to climate change because algae blooms can like really, really impact the ecosystem of water, especially at higher temperatures. Um, Cause that happens in like Florida a lot. There's a lot of issues with like algae blooms and like um, wildlife health in water. I'm going to do a little backtrack and we're going to talk about people, what people are doing around here. So the areas surrounding the Great Lakes were inha- inhabited by many indigenous populations around 10,000 BC, which is about when these water basins and the glacial shift and everything had subsided. And we got just the lakes are, are here. They're here to stay. So we got a bunch of indigenous people. They're hanging out. They're living off the land. And then in comes the French. 1679, Le Griffon, first recorded. I should note, it's possible there could have been other boats that came to the Great Lakes before this point, but first recorded sailing ship in the upper Great Lakes. Just also of note, I'm going to talk about some shipwrecks later on, but Le Griffon is also the first boat to sink in the Great Lakes. (laughs) The irony. In 1679, (laughs) and the entire crew was lost. Oh my god. It's not... What, sorry, what did you say? I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. I thought you were uh, going to say, like, they were all fine. No, they all died. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Some water canals opened starting in 1824 and 1825 and would con- continue on that would eventually allow for travel throughout all of the Great Lakes into Lake Michigan and Superior and beyond into the waterways. Because of the amount of travel that occurred on the Great Lakes, especially in the 1800s and early 1900s, there was a large, large amount of immigration that occurred. A lot of different settlements positioned along the lakes. As we know, there's tons and tons of major cities that are located along the Great Lakes, Chicago being a really notable one. Because of the uh, immigration, there were a lot of pronounced groupings of different ethnicities that came along these waterways and created establishments, including the Dutch, German, Polish, Finnish, and amongst many other ethnicities. So there still exists some like pockets of people in different areas just because, you know, they created little communities as they immigrated across the United States. Many areas along the Great Lakes also have a very um, New England feel to them because a lot of these people came from the New England area originally and then emigrated or continued to immigrate west. So a lot of the houses and buildings have like a very New England feel is how they're described from that era. In 1998, Lake Champlain was briefly a Great Lake for three weeks. (laughs) For three weeks. Let me tell you about it, Hannah. Now, in 1998, Bill Clinton signed a bill created by the Senate in regards to water quality and other shit, but snuck in there a tiny little line, declared Lake Champlain a Great Lake. It is a small lake located in the border of Vermont, New York, and Canada. It is not really connected necessarily to the Great Lakes. And it also is really tiny. But essentially what that did is it allowed federal and state agencies to ask for money for grants to research this lake. Well, what happened is in three weeks time, people were outraged and they're like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? So it was it was revoked. Its Great Lake status was revoked in about three weeks. So there was a sixth Great Lake in 1998 for three weeks in March. Can you imagine we'd have to learn instead of Holmes, it would have been Chomes. <laughs> Chomes? Or Homek? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would be it would be a time, Hannah. All right, so shipwrecks. So because the weather and like currents and shit are so severe, It's caused a ton of shipwrecks in the Great Lakes. There are over hundreds of shipwrecks that are found. Um, Majority of these shipwrecks are in Lake Superior, but there are are also some found within Huron and Michigan and the other lakes. As I mentioned before, Le Grafon, the first noted boat to sail into the Great Lakes, was also the first boat to sink in the Great Lakes. It was be- it's believed that this boat has been located as of 2014, that they, they think they found the boat. Whitefish Point, located in Lake Superior, is a high concentration of shipwrecks. They have a museum and they also have a um, underwater protection of the, the water to like as a museum because it's like so many, like a shipwreck, gra- like a shipwreck graveyard. 
So you can take these tours with these like glass bottom boats where they'll like boat you around and you can like see shipwrecks that are still did, down there. Didn't we go to shipwreck museum? We did. So we've been to Lake Superior because you said we hadn't been to Lake Ontario. I keep for some reason I keep thinking Ontario is Lake Superior for some reason. Yeah. So Han and I, um, I don't know if we've mentioned our our family trip up to Whitefish Point. We went to the shipwreck museum. The above ground one, not uh, clearly not below water, and we also climbed up a lighthouse. I almost died. <laughs> out of what a time! Out of fear. Yeah, but essentially, um, one of the more noteworthy shipwrecks is the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which occurred in 1975. And if I'm recalling the lyrics of this song correctly, the church bell chimed 49 times, 39 times. 29 times anyway so it's a very notable ship shipwreck gordon lightfoot sang a song and a poem about edmund fitzgerald which you heard us play at the very beginning it was also one of the largest boats to sink in a great lake i believe it is 29 29 times one for each crewman. One for yeah, right. So the church bell chimed for every crew member who died, which is twenty nine. The entire crew perished, unfortunately. To this date, the largest ship to sink in the Great Lakes. In other news, just as just a personal tidbit, um, our great grandfather was um, working on a ship in Lake Superior. Um, he was Canadian, and he left the ship. And then at some point in following months. The ship he was on sunk, and everyone on board died. <laughs> so, so we may not be around, right? <laughs> if history had gone differently, and he had stayed on this ship instead of, I think he went to play hockey. You know, like like as like a like he was playing hockey on a team, not like he skipped work to go. <laughs> he play just hockey. went to play hockey one day. Oh, guess play some hockey, eh? but no, he just uh, he was not on the boat at this time, and then uh, yeah, he so he missed out on a a Great Lake shipwreck. So that's nice. We're, we're thankful for that. To the date, there are only two missing ships in the Great Lakes. Um, two French minesweepers known as the Inkermand and Cercioles disappeared in 1918 during a blizzard and have never been found. To this day, they're still missing. Haven't been able to locate them. It's mainly because these, these lakes are so deep that... Unless you know specifically where to look, it's very hard to find things right. like shipwrecks. Yeah, um, exactly. So um, the shipping industry uh, with the boating was huge. It still continues to be big, but it's not as big as it used to be. Um, Suez Canal, another great spot, uh, is a large canal that like the water level shift inside the canal to transport these boats through. Would not recommend going to watch it as it is very boring. You might need a man from Bar Harbor, though. Bahaba. I went to Bahaba too. And then last, a last note about specifically the Great Lakes is they are known for a lot of recreation and tourism, specifically, um, as Tim Allen will tell you, Pure Michigan. There are many, many cities. There are many small towns, boating, sand dunes, swimming, sailing. There are plenty of things that bring in a lot of income in the tourism industry regarding the Great Lakes. That's all I got. That's my notes. (laughs) It's quite the history. Because I figured it would not take us very long to rank it, I, I went for about an hour and I just found a bunch of notes. There you go. It was a gr- it was a good uh, refresh since yeah. I learned about... I mean, I took a History of Michigan class in college. I know you did but too. They don't, I didn't take History of Michigan. Oh. I took, I took a Civil War class. Same professor. Though. Oh, same professor, yeah, right. Same professor, yeah. Yeah, but I think it was a good refresher. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will start because I feel like you started last time. Sure. Or maybe I you didn't, I don't know, but I'm just going to start. <laughs> oh my god. What? Hannah, I wrote Superior twice because I keep confusing Lake Ontario with Lake Superior. What is wrong with me? I know which one's which, but god. oh my god, what is wrong with me? I hate Canadians. Obviously we know how you feel about Lake Ontario, you can't even remember it. <laughs> I Clearly I hate Canadians is yeah. what we're gathering, even though we have Canadian ancestry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Refresher, the five lakes we're ranking would be, we're going to go in Holmes order. Okay. Be Huri- <laughs> Huron, <laughs> Huron <laughs> Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. My number five is Lake Erie. 
I said Lake Erie's a little bitch <laughs> and it borders Ohio. What more can I say? Um, for some reason, Lake Erie just gives me a bad vibe, maybe because it's called Erie and I just think of eerie thoughts. Ooh, it's eerie. I did. I have read that there are supposedly multiple sea monsters or lake monsters in Lake Erie. I think one of the baseball teams is named after like one of the sea monsters. Oh yeah. That plays in Erie. I don't know. Something about Erie, it's it's one of the smallest. It might be the smallest, but I don't know. I just I've never had strong thoughts about Erie. I've I've been to Lake Erie once or twice, I want to say, a couple times. It's actually Ontario. Sorry, Ontario is the smallest. Okay. Well, Lake Erie, I think, is the second. Yes. Second smallest. Um, And I just, I don't know. It's just one of the lakes that, maybe because it's not one that we frequent a lot, I don't have a lot of connected things with Lake Erie. I'll just leave it at that. So, number five, I have Lake Ontario. <laughs> I am pretty sure I've never been to or on or in Lake Ontario, and so because it's the only lake I haven't been in, it it automatically is ranked last. We've technically been to Niagara Falls, which is located between the two lakes, but it is in a waterway, and so technically not in the lake. It's just kind of off on the side. It's the only lake that's not technically, like, connected to Michigan, necessarily, or, like, through like you know it's the furthest away from where we are it's you know associated more with like new york and pennsylvania and that's not we're not new englanders so i say shoo go away take your smelly new england uh attire and home decor and go back to the colonies oh my god number four i went with lake huron Simply because I always forget Lake Huron exists, which is kind of ironic because it's one of the closest lakes to where I currently live. But we never really went to Lake Huron. When we go on vacations and stuff like that in Michigan, we go to the west side of the state or we go north. We don't really go over to the east side to Lake Huron. And I think maybe because I always forget it exists, I was like, there's no way it can be higher than, it can't be any higher than four but that should show you how much I don't like Lake Erie because I still put Lake Erie below a lake I can't remember. That's fair. So number four, I have Lake Erie. So um, one of my friends' family has a house in, um, it's an island in Lake Erie, uh, Putin Bay. And I have been there once and it was a, a lovely experience. You know, you take a ship over, people are driving around in golf carts like or, or cars, like you can have cars there. There's like, I think six miles of roads or something or like a road. My experiences in Lake Erie have been nice. Um, however, I have very limited experiences in Lake Erie also because it was very yucky at one point in time. Like it was a super yucky lake really pollution heavy of all the Great Lakes. I know it was the most polluted. You know, I'm not a big fan of pollution. And I know they've done a lot of work. They've cleaned it up quite a bit. Um, They slapped a sticker on it and said, you're good to go. But there's three more lakes I like more. It's fair. Number three would be Lake Ontario. It's also, I'd never been to Lake Ontario as far as I know. To me, it's just like an average lake. I guess I don't have a lot of things to say about it. But I do love Canada. And so because I love Canada and because, you know, Ontario seems cool, I said, we'll put it at third place. We'll put it in the middle. Yeah, solid middle. That's how I feel about Lake Huron. Um, I'd have to agree with you that we really haven't spent very much time at Lake Huron. Our mom grew up on a city near Lake Huron, but it was actually on a lake and not Lake Huron. It's a different lake. Well, technically like on a river. Well, a river leading to a lake. Okay, sure. That's not Lake Huron. Right. We have been to the lake before, but like Hannah said, usually our vacationings up north were not really on the east side of the state. And I don't really have any like specific memories at the lake or in the lake. We were supposed to go kayaking in the lake and then it got canceled because it was too windy and then COVID (laughs) happened. So we never ended up kayaking in Lake Huron. So... Because of that sour memory of Hannah and I waking up at 6 a.m. to see if we had to drive home and then being told it's too windy and then being sad. And I think we just went and got breakfast instead. Uh, It can't be any higher than three. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yes, you are correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two, I went with Lake Superior. I think Lake Superior is 
intimidating, kind of a badass, but it also knows it's a badass, and I do respect that. I hate deep bodies of water with a passion because you don't know what's lurking below the surface. It could be anything. But I think that something about Lake Superior is just... I don't know if it's the scale of it. Like, I read... A little fun fact. Lake Superior's deepest point is 1,330 feet. For comparison, the Empire State Building is 1,250 feet tall. So if you built the Empire State Building on the deepest point of Lake Superior, the only thing peaking above the waves would be the antenna. Yeah. Like, that is mind-blowing to me. Because yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lake. Yeah. It's not even that's, an ocean. Yeah, It's exactly. insane. And I think the fact that... And obviously, Lake Superior... I it's had the most like shipwrecks and stuff like that. It's considered probably like one of the more the most dangerous of the Great Lakes just because mm-hmm. of its size and everything like that. Um and we've been on Lake Superior. We've we've taken vacations up there. It's just it's kind of just a cool lake and I think it knows what it is and what it's capable of and I love that. Yeah. I mean, the Edmund Fitzgerald didn't love it, but... No, no, and all the other shipwrecks. Um, I don't know what, what Lake Ligerfon sunk into. It was not clear. One of the upper Great Lakes, so it yeah. could be that one. It's possible. Uh, number two, I also have Lake Superior. So, uh, very similar reasons. Uh, I like that it kind of looks like a dog head or a wolf head. Like, you know, it's like got a little, like a like a snout thing going on there. I think it's, it is, it's very intimidating. It's very far north for either of us. It's like eight hours to get to Lake Superior. You know, although our Whitefish Point experience wasn't necessarily great in terms of like a vacation wise, vastness of it is like, it's just like a lot. It's like a lot to take in. Um, The fact that there's so many shipwrecks, the fact that it's like this humongous lake that's like generally considered one of the largest lakes in the world. The fact that I can be on a train going to Belfast in Northern Ireland and be sitting next to somebody in school studying Lake Superior shipwrecks for a class. This is someone who lives in a different continent in a different country, knows about Lake Superior. Like, that has to say something. Um, And so for that, it's number two. It is only superior less than one. (laughs) I assumed we'd both have the same number one. Uh, it's, it's Lake Michigan. And to me, it was always going to be number one. I've spent the most time at that lake. I have have the most memories of that lake. I think it has, like, the best lakeshore, like, best beaches. The sunset's super pretty over there. And it's also the only great lake that's fully contained just inside the United States. So that's a little bit like maybe of a, a pride thing. The Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes are on Lake Michigan. I just think it's, and I don't know, maybe too, because it's called Lake Michigan and we live in Michigan, it's like, um, that's the one I feel the most connected to, but we've also spent the most time there. So I just feel like more of a special bond to that lake. It just seems like a really classic, nice lake. Yeah. Um, number one was always probably going to be Lake Michigan for me as well, even before I started this list. Of my life, I have the most memories associated with Lake Michigan. We've gone there many, many times. You know, I've gone to several different cities along the coast in either either state being Michigan or, you know, um, Illinois or, you know, even Wisconsin. It holds a lot of, like, sentimental value, just, like, being on the beach there or, like, the lighthouses or the sand dunes, um, getting your eyes washed out in a wa- drinking fountain by your doctor uncle because you fell and got sand in your eyes as a four-year-old. I have a very specific memory of that. Um, very upsetting. But besides the point... I think holding the name of Michigan also makes it uh, a bit more special and just all of the memories of of very different points in time in my life from being a small child to like, I think I was there, I was there in 2020. It's a great place. One of the greatest lakes you'll ever see. That's true. That's what they say. Yeah, it is what they say. All right. So running through my list, I had five Lake Erie Lake Huron, Lake Ontario, Lake Superior, and then Lake Michigan. And then I have number five, uh, Lake Ontario, then Erie, Huron, Superior, and last, number one, Lake Michigan. There's no place like Holmes. No place like Holmes. Or Chomes. With Lake uh, Champlain in there. Champlain had made it through. Only Only Bill Clinton had officially signed that, you know, for more than three weeks. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? 
This is more just like a little fun one, more of a history lesson than anything else. Yeah, I was going to say we, I think we went, you went more into historical background than maybe anything we've done before. I just thought it was very interesting. You know, it's a subject we learn a lot about. There's so many different elements to come and play, both scientifically, economically, uh, historically. Like, there's just so many different things. So I wanted to try to cover a very broad range of things that are associated with the Great Lakes, as they are very unique and very special. Yes, they are. We actually, next week, we're doing kind of another Michigan theme. Yeah. May is Michigan month. For two weeks. For two weeks, and then it's not. And then it's not. Um, But the first two weeks of May, Michigan month. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're we just going with that pride. Yeah. That Michigan pride. The Michigan pride. Keep the, keep the spirit alive. Keep the spirit alive. But we, uh, we have our Instagram or our Twitter. We have a Twitter. We do. I forgot. I forgot what happened. We also have our email, r3podcast at gmail.com, if you would like to tell us your favorite lake. Yeah, just... It doesn't have to it be a great even lake. Have to be, it, doesn't even have, it doesn't even have to be a freshwater lake. Yes. But yeah, that that's pretty much it for this week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back next week with something special. Uh, you might enjoy it. I don't know. We'll see. We certainly didn't. We certainly did not. That's true. But you probably will. Or not. Or not. Uh, Bye. (laughs) Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat. You know, I just randomly remembered last night and I couldn't fall asleep was when you included that extra part in that episode about what you were going to tell me next year's episode, Uh and I couldn't stop thinking about it last night and I couldn't fall asleep. (laughs) Interesting.